0: Welcome to the Brand Community Podcast.
1: Brand communities are the foundation of business growth. They build a human connection between brands and their customers, turn those customers into lifelong advocates, and ultimately grow your business.
0: I'm Sam Heisel, a co-founder and managing partner at Knox, a digital agency that helps brands, artists, and entrepreneurs grow and
1: convert communities online. And I'm Chris Whitman, co-founder of Crony a creative agency that connects brands and consumers through powerful brand experiences.
0: Every Tuesday, we'll be interviewing marketing leaders and community builders so you can walk away with actionable strategies to help your brand grow and prosper. Welcome to the show.
1: Chris, how are we feeling? Sam, it's a good day. It's not I, Friday, but it's a good day.
0: There it is. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm good, man. I'm good. And I'm also very excited about our very special guest today, uh, Ms. Heather McNair, the Chief Community Officer at HireLogic. For those of you that aren't already familiar, uh, HireLogic is a software-as-a-service engagement platform that delivers powerful online communities and communication software designed to engage users across every stage of their journey. I think... Uh, Not only is she the chief community officer for that company, but iLogic is a company that helps trigger and drive community growth for other brands and companies. So I think uh, what I really enjoyed was she was able to share a lot of very tactical ways in which you can build a community amongst customers to drive retention and evangelism. And I think that's a big part of what the goal should always be when it comes to nurturing and leveraging the power of brand communities. What stood out to you, Chris?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love how higher Logic starts with a deep integration with their CRM. So they can really easily start to segment customers um, and community uh, community members on your end uh, to help kind of inform ways to engage with those people. Uh, but I also think it was important that you called out that community can't just be seen as a marketing channel, um, something that we hear a lot about at the Brand Community Podcast. Um, you need to create engagement touch points, uh, you know, and, and really understand why the community is there in the first place. Um, but one of the cooler stats that she kind of brought up was this posting and ghosting concept where, you know, usually these community members who kind of join into a forum and then, you know, immediately post, they typically tend to be the ones that you need to worry the most about. Um, so she breaks that down, uh, in, in some really actionable insights from that perspective as well. So very cool podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, without any further ado, Heather McNair, Heather, welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really excited to, to hear a little bit about your journey with higher logic as well as building community and doing that with other brands as well as within higher logic. So um, for starters, just to kind of lay the foundation, could you please tell us a little bit about how you got involved with higher logic and what exactly higher logic does?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So HireLogic is a, a cloud-based engagement platform. Uh, we do online communities as well as communications. And the idea is really, our the premise, everything we do is about bringing you closer to your customers uh, and bringing your customers closer together as well. Um, really building, strengthening that relationship. And uh, I was their very first customer 13 years ago. Uh, wow. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, actually went to another organization, took them with me there. And, uh, and then a couple of years later, their CEO put an arm around me at a conference and said, hey, I think it's time. We need you. And so join, join the company and the rest is history, I guess they say.
1: That's an amazing story. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So really drinking the Kool-Aid there.
2: Yeah. Um, It's given me a lot of uh, street cred with our customers as well. I literally walked in their shoes.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So how how exactly does the product work? Um, You know, what are the mechanics behind it and how can somebody benefit from using it?
2: Um, We... I think one of the unique, uh, unique selling propositions, if you will, uh, of the platform is that we have deep integrations with people's CRM systems, their customer relationship management, and uh, and so that's where we kick things off. We actually pull data, you know, have the connectors there. We pull customer data in, and uh, and so unlike they have. Another another platform, a public social network. Um, we can pre-populate people's information. So if we have, um, you know, the first time you would log into the community, um, you'd we'd already have a basic profile set up for you, and that really removes uh, one of the big barriers to entry for people. Um, and uh, within the site itself. There are discussion forums, which I'm guessing most people are familiar with these days. Um, there are uh, libraries where people can share resources, best practices. Um, so if you have to present to the board of directors on Friday, uh, you can go out there and ask your peers if someone you know, has a PowerPoint for you know, this situation that they've done and you know, is someone willing to share that. Um, and so there's libraries that allow for that type of thing. Uh, there's a directory that gets pre-populated from that information in your CRM. uh, And so uh, people can look for someone who has the same products they do or maybe has the same software, whatever demographics that that the customer deems important for their customers to know about each other and to be able to connect on that. Um, Then the communications side um, it's very similar to marketing automation, uh, that same uh, same concept. And you can go in, set up campaigns um, to be able to, to nurture your customers, move them along customer journeys. Uh, it is enhanced by the uh, community information. Uh, one of the things uh, that I like to point out, like Amazon is always held up as our kind of gold standard of, um, of communications and being able to personalize things. A lot of times in a CRM system, uh, we only have limited information about the uh, transactional information. Uh, but when you can add community information to that, all of a sudden, that, those data points skyrocket. You know what someone is reading, what they're downloading, who they're connecting with, what topics they're interested in. And so then you can really personalize those communications that are going out to that person.
0: That's amazing. and It seems like the, I'm sure the product has only continued to evolve as you continue to nurture and get customer feedback and identify some of those pain points. So it seems like you're really tackling a lot of them. Um with regards to, I know your past role was kind of VP of marketing, but now really operate as the chief community officer. Um, can you speak a little bit to that transition? And I think the, the higher level thing we're alluding to as well is that, um, how do you think brands should really be distinguishing between marketing versus community?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the common thread between the two of them is, you know, both of them at their core, about understanding human behavior, what motivates people, uh, and so that—that's what made the transition very easy in my career um, between the two. But, but yeah, I uh, greatly appreciate that question because it is something that organizations are struggling with. Uh, where, where does community live? Is—is is the big question that I get, or where should it live? Um, I there's part of me that cringes when it lives in marketing, (laughs) just to be honest. I know it does live there a lot. And and there are definitely benefits to the marketing organization of community. Um, If you have stuff in your community open to the public, um, search engines love community content. They love that user-generated content as opposed to uh, static HTML. So big, big benefit there. Um, it, communities can also be an unbelievable source of business intelligence that can be used. Um, your customers, as they're in there talking, sharing information, they're telling you what's important to them. Um, the, the flip side to that is that the minute a, a community is used for blatant Customer interaction or, uh, excuse me, blatant marketing interactions. Um, if the marketing team goes in there and starts posting um, obvious marketing messages, using it for that type of thing, it really can turn off your customers from using the community. They see it as just another marketing channel, um, and, uh, and you'll, you'll lose them right there. The community needs to be about your end users. It needs to be about the customers. It needs to be a place of transparency where they feel comfortable having conversations. And um, that yeah, they don't want it to feel like it's a place where they're, they're being watched, where they're being marketed to uh, if you wanna have a good, healthy community. So that, that's where I distinguish the two of them.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> We, um, it's a really interesting point because you would think like automatically, why don't I just like market? I, now that I can like segment people, uh, potentially move them along a funnel, it'll be easier for me to market to them. But, you know, of course you need the community to be interacting with each other. There needs to be like thoughtfulness and the interaction there. When you're, when you are are looking at segmenting and, um, you know, moving people along a funnel, like what are ways that you're. Kind of coaching people along that pathway and how can they avoid the pitfalls of, you know, just marketing versus creating meaningful interaction?
2: I, you know, I think I like to look at segmenting now as people are segments of one. You know, we shouldn't be looking at large striations anymore. And, you know, ev- everyone is unique. And, and that's where I really like to, I you know, I'm a data nerd. Um, I like to break things down into, into interactions and, and the tools exist today to really be able to personalize our communications. And people expect that these days. Um, and... Um, And nurturing, really nurturing people along, um, along these journeys, there's, there's definitely like an, an engagement. We look at things in terms of like an engagement curve or an engagement ladder, uh, and, I, there's a, just a, a quick story. Our, um, he's our former president. He's retired now, uh, but loves to tell the story of his homeowners association. They asked him if he'd write a column in their newsletter every month. And he was like, Oh, I, I don't have time. I'm way too busy for that. And they're like, okay, well, could you just write one this month? And, uh, and he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I could do that. And then the next month they're like, "Well, could you do that? Could you write it again uh, this month?" And he's like, "Okay, all right, And then next thing he knows he's writing it for the entire year anyway um, And so that idea, if you start with smaller asks and then kind of keep moving people up this engagement ladder um, it's a It's a really good way of getting people toward really this end goal for most of us, which is turning people into our evangelists, into these loyalists that, you know, that we're looking for. Um, if you ask someone from day one um, to go shouting from the rooftops about how great our brand is, they're probably not going to do that. It would be amazing. Um, and every once in a while, you'll find that person. Um, but it's it's typically easier to kind of nudge them along with, with smaller asks. And um, and with automation tools, that type of thing, it makes it easy to recognize where someone is in their journey and, and just ask a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a snowball domino effect applied to engagement and building evangelism. Can you speak to some tactical ways of doing that? What are some of those like tactical steps along the, the, the domino effect, if you will, to really go from maybe having engaged once or twice to becoming an evangelist?
2: Yeah, um absolutely. Well, I think one of the one of the things that surprisingly gets overlooked and it's a it it's, it seems so basic but proper onboarding. Uh you know, when a new customer comes to you and they start uh just even with the organization, but they join your community, welcome them. Uh make sure that they upload a profile picture. Uh, make sure that they fill out their profile, connect them with other member community members that maybe like them. Uh, start helping them build those relationships, and you know, I, I work. We work a lot with uh, other uh, SaaS companies, software as a service companies, and you know, the reality is, as much as we all like to think our software, um, you know, no one wants to leave our software. Software is fairly replaceable what you can't replace is those relationships that they've built with you with your staff um, and also with other customers um, and so if you can really nurture those relationships between people like that's gold and um, and so those are those are the asks that I like to make along the way um, and so if you can start with an onboarding process, that does, you know, if you can build like a, a mentoring program, if you will, and it doesn't have to be anything formal. Um, but you'll have customers who'd be more than happy to volunteer to, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll show Chris around. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help with that. And, and then right away, someone has a friend, they've got a buddy who they can go to and ask questions. Um, so that that's, I think, just key, a key place to start. Um, let's see, I could, I could probably go on for hours.
1: (laughs) There's lots of, there's probably lots of ways you can do that. I mean, we've heard, we've heard certain tactics around like, for example, gamification, um, to get people to engage with the community and with each other, Mm -hmm. getting them excited. Um, is there, you know, you you guys collect a lot of data. Um, so I'm sure you guys have some benchmarking information and things like Mm -hmm. that, but is there, is there a point of inflection when you're, kind of following up too much with a community member to kind of push them along the funnel? Are there kind of like, you know, any kind of rules or, you know, guiding, guiding points that you can provide in that context?
2: <sighs> I, I will <laughs> be honest, I'm still looking for that, um, that yeah. <laughs> inflection And you see it in different <sighs> different use cases, it shows up in different ways. Um, like one of the things that we've recently found is that some people will join a community and hang out for, I think we, we found it was, I'm trying to remember exactly how many days it was. It was like around 20, 21, 22 days before they, uh, they'll post to the community for the first time. Um, and those people, uh, Interestingly, once they post for that first time, they're in. They'll stick around. They'll continue to engage. Um, the people who come in, who join and post right away, those are the people you actually need to worry about. Um, they're the ones who we, uh, one of my colleagues named it posting and ghosting, <laughs> um, that they come in, they get a question, they get their question answered, and then they disappear. Uh, and you know the hypothesis is you know, they had an urgent need. they came in, they got it answered and then they're gone. Um, and so like those are the kinds of behaviors that we're looking at through the data and recognizing. Um, and that that's kind of where I go to the segment of one uh, that there isn't necessarily an a certain inflection point. It's really the the types of users and why they're coming to the community and that you need to treat. People differently depending on the type of community it is, um, you know, the reason that person is coming to the community. Um, so the people who have who have come, they've posted right away. We're going to treat them differently if we haven't heard from you. And you so you posted right away. We haven't heard from you in seven days. Then we'll we'll nudge you. We'll come back after you, and you know, and, you know nudge you a couple more times. Yeah, and then at some point we may we may let, it, we'll let you lie for a little bit and then maybe six months later. Um, the interesting thing is that we have found in, uh, and this is at odds with data from public social networks, uh, where if people disappear after you know, a couple of months, they're usually gone with private branded communities people come back like they may, they may look like they've disappeared, but they will continue to come back for over 12 months. Um, the kind of sweet spot seems to be like three to five months, uh, which shows me people come when they have a need. Um, but the kind of that retention rate of them continuing to come back is incredibly high. Um, there is a long tail that you hit at about 12 months or after 12 months, uh, but they are, they're returning. They're, they're not disappearing, which is really great to see for those, those people who are running these, these private branded communities.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. That's it's remarkable. When it comes to um like specific clients, can you speak to any of the like big wins you've had with different clients and customers of higher logic or any kind of like case studies that you might refer to frequently and how they've been able to really le- leverage the power of community within their own business?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely there are uh, There are a couple that unfortunately, I can't use their names <laughs> uh, but uh, that have they've definitely been transformative to their organization. Uh, one of them that i can use is uh, an organization called broadcom you guys may be familiar huge software company they have been in uh, in the process of you know as they do acquisitions a lot of their acquisitions have had their own communities and so uh, so jason our contact there uh, gets to keep folding, these other communities into, uh, into their higher logic instance. Um, he has the patience of a saint, uh, and, uh, and that has really, it's, it's been transformative in, uh, getting internal stakeholders and also external stakeholders, like the champions that are helping run these communities, uh, and, um, and the customers kind of aligned because the, I mentioned in you know, different communities have different purposes. sometimes the communities are more about support deflection uh, sometimes they're about building best practices, uh, you know, networking you know kind of just different different ideas behind different things and um, and so if you're if you're Jason and you have this umbrella uh, of all of these different types of communities, you're trying to align. um, It can be, uh, it can be a challenge, but he's uh, he's done a a really fantastic job with those.
1: Love it. Um, Well, we're coming, we're coming up against time and we've got the question that we always ask, which is always (laughs) a fun one for everybody. Yes. Um, So if you were to start a new DDC product company, what would that product be? And then if you had a hundred K marketing budget, to deploy against it, what would you leverage that those funds to, to achieve?
2: Uh, yeah, God, I don't know if I have a good answer for this one, <laughs> I, I have been contemplating on this. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a tough one, it's, it's fair, we have had people not answer the product side of things and just kind of talk specifically about, you know, marketing approach.
2: Which that—that's funny. I'm—I'm I'm glad to hear that because that's where I was going to go. I, I, uh, I'm not—I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly where, what the product would be. Uh, but uh, but definitely, you know, with the marketing, obviously, with the career path I have chosen, I am a, a very strong believer in the community side of things, uh, and I do think that the, the building relationships is is the key of the future, and I. And so that that is where I would spend my money uh, because there's research that's been done and they, I don't, I'm not going to screw up the quote of it, but it basically says that true customer loyalty happens at the, the confluence of customer satisfaction and emotional attachment. And so I think when you just look at customer satisfaction, just looking at the NPS scores, you know, I think that's where you see the sevens and eights come in at your NPS scores. And if you really want to get to the nines and tens, you really want to get to those evangelists. Um, you know, that, that's where you've got to build that emotional attachment. And I think those, those things are going to start happening more and more in communities um, because that, it gives you a chance to, uh, to build relationships at scale. Uh, you can have someone. You can have staff out there, and they become real people. Um, they're really, you know to your customers. They're interacting. They people can see their personalities. Uh, but it's not you know. There's only so many people you can talk to on the phone or via email on any given day. Um, but in a community, you can be reaching thousands of people. Um, and and building those relationships and you know our customers feel like they know me uh because i'm out in our community on a regular basis i you know typically um in a, in a normal year you know i go to our annual conference our user group conference and people know me because my face is in the community and i'm participating in the community and that's a really cool experience um, and you know, and like I mentioned, opening stuff up so you get SEO benefits, um, you word of mouth benefits. I, our customers have said that our community is one of the one of the biggest benefits of being a customer. Um, so, I, yeah, that's I'm biased, but that's where I would spend a big chunk of my money.
1: Fair enough. I mean, you know, great answer and appropriate answer for brand community podcast. I'd say. Well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. The insights that you provided are super valuable and, um, you know, we hope to connect with you sometime soon in the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that.
1: All right. Take care.
2: You too. Thank you.
0: Man, well, that was a great conversation. I think she definitely had a lot of really valuable insight to bring. Uh, I loved her, uh, emphasis on the importance of really effective onboarding. I, I think, um, Uh, I have another friend and kind of advisor of of mine and and of Knox that always said too that the sale doesn't end once you've closed the deal, right? The the goal simply becomes shifting to a point of retention at that point and the touch points and the engagement and the onboarding and the whole customer experience from post-close is still part of this journey of selling them an ongoing retention. So I think uh, her speaking to that, uh, I think was very, very worthwhile. And I think for you guys, from one tactical takeaway of many here is to really reevaluate, how is your onboarding process set up? How, uh, how are you ensuring a world-class customer experience to, to create value and drive
1: retention? what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, Sam, you know, you nailed a lot of it just right there. Uh, oh, <laughs> stop it, Chris. You, <laughs> you know, good, good memory recall. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, like, I think the, the big takeaway is don't be afraid of data. Um, really figure out how you can deploy that the data insights in order to take that community member along that, uh, that community journey. And, um, you know, again, be authentic, really understand why they're there, and engage appropriately. So, yeah, totally. really good insights.
0: There it is. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week, and I'm super grateful for your support. But until then, we out.